We begin the current Dav, Mesef, Babakam, Dav Kovches. Begin on the bottom of Dav Kovzayim and Beis, three lines up in the bottom of the Yomit, where the Gemara continues with a related discussion from the previous Dav, with another teaching from Rama Bar Chama, which is that what the Gemara is discussing is regarding something that was brought in Perak Merubah Dav Samachim and Beis, which was brought that what's called Mamen She'in Mishtalm Barosh, regarding money that you're not paying just for the principal itself. In other words, because besides the principal, you're also paying carefully, paying for double that amount. So the Gemara there said that you don't add on a fifth. You're not liable for the fifth, for the Chaymish penalty. So to the Gemara Dav Kavav Madalf also taught the same idea that if once witnesses came and they make the person liable for Kefal, because although he claimed that he didn't steal, it turns out that he did, and witnesses verify that, only after the witnesses come does he admit to that. So although generally when the person swears falsely, then he admits he's Chayev for the Chaymish. And that the Gemara there says, uh, that says the same idea, that no, he only pays Kefal and the Karban Asham, but it does not add on the Chaymish penalty. Now, so regarding that halacha that Boi Ramabachama, Ramabachama asked, what is it that exempts him from the Chaymish? Is it the money? That is, you can't have a money that's going to be Chayev for Kefal and Chaymish? Or is it the Shvuah that he made? The Shvuah that he made is that Shvuah that, because both of them, Kefal and the fifth, the Chaymish penalty, require him to swear falsely, what is it that now you can't have both? Is it because the money can't have both penalties? Or is it that the oath cannot make you liable for both penalties? As Rambacham asks, Is it that the money that's already making himself liable for a double penalty, that exempts him, you can't have with that also the fifth penalty? Or maybe it's a shvua It's the it's the oath that he's taking, which is what makes him liable for kefal. That same oath cannot have a double punishment and have also on it the penalty of the chaymish. What is it? Is it the money or is it the shvua? So the gemara says hey In other words, what would be the ramifications of this question? Kagain, for example, in the following case, If the person who's watching the deposit makes a claim that it was stolen from him and he swears to that effect. But then he goes and, let's say in another court, he, this time he defends himself by claiming that it was lost from him. And he swears to that effect. Where either one, he would exempt himself because it's a shem Now that the Gemara continues at the top of Kofchas and then witnesses come regarding the first oath that he took. In other words, they say that when he took that first oath, that he claimed that it was stolen from him, actually they say that it was by him. Hence, since he swore falsely and he was being turned to his guy, he's going to be chayv and kefal. Then, then the guy himself, the shimer, so besides the witnesses having come regarding his first claim that he swore falsely, now he admits regarding the second claim he made regarding that it was lost, he himself admits on that. So on that, the question is, my, what would the halacha be? Would he be chayv a chaymish for the second oath that he took or not? As the Gemara explains. Do we say that the money, which is the deposit, which he's denying, that is already, he's liable for kefal for, because of the first shu he took, which witnesses came on, therefore that exempts him from the chaymish, and therefore vaha, and therefore this case, he's already kefal on this money already, and therefore he would be exempt from his own haidav on his second claim from being chayv the chaymish. I don't know. Maybe it's Maybe it's the oath that he takes that if you're already liable on a kefal, will exempt you from the chaymish. Now, for example, if let's say the case would be if he admits now regarding the first oath that he took after the witness already testified, 
that would say, okay, he would be exempt from the Chaymish, because that Shvua already was Mechaiv Kefal, then it, can't be, it cannot be Mechaiv Mechaimish, even though he's admitting. But here in this case, but here where his admission is regarding the second, the later oath, now, since that oath is not mandating him kefal, that's, that's because of the first oath. This one's not being mechaiv him kefal. So therefore, when he admits on that, on this fourth false oath, maybe he actually should be chayiv for the chaymish. Now, Rashi, for one's a question, he says, here you can't say, as we said in the previous staff, that, what do you mean, you already fulfilled your obligation to the owner from the first oath. Says Rashi, because that we say when the testimony, the witnesses come on the second oath, where we say that you can't be chayev for shvus hadayonim if it's not a shvus hadayonim because you already exempted yourself in the first oath. So the second oath is just an unnecessary shvua. You can't be chayev kefal for unnecessary shvua. But where he admits, that we already explained on Afkavavam Adalv, where if, let's say, they make him swear even five times regarding Chaymash and Ashram, then we don't differentiate between if it's his own oath or Shavuos Adayanin. As long as he's denying money, and then he admits it, like we're saying over here regarding even Toyn Tainus Ovid, he is going to be Chayv. So therefore, that, it is a valid option to say that he'd be Chayv double on the two Shavuos. Again, depending if it's the Mammon that can't have both Kefal and Chaymash, or if it's the Shavuos that can't have Kefal and Chaymash. If it's the money, then yes, he would be exempt. If it's a shvua, well, this second shvua is not being mechayiv kefal, and therefore now when he's admitting, then he would be chayiv chaymish. That's the that's Rabbi Mechama's question. So Amar Ravi says, Toshma, come in here. I'll prove it from the following brayso. The brayso says, Amal echad min hashuk. If someone tells to somebody in the market, meaning in the street, what the significance of that is to saying that we're not talking about your classic shamer who is on the defensive. It's not a shamer. He wasn't watching this guy's ox. It's just a random guy walking in the street. So he says to this guy, Where's my ox that you stole? He says, I didn't steal it. So he says, I want you to swear to me. And he says, yes. Now as Rashi points out, that this actually is unnecessary for the case of the Reisha, that because this, that we're saying that it's only for the case of the Seifa, when he admits himself, that it's necessary to have that there was a Shvua. But regarding actually the Halach of Kevah that we're talking about over here, where it's actually going to be even without an oath because he's a random guy who, as we're going to prove, if witnesses testify that he stole, that they're going to make him chayiv kefal even if he didn't take an oath. It's like a regular guy who is caught to be lying, who is caught to have stolen it because he wasn't a shamer, and even if he didn't swear, he'd be chayiv kefal. But the reason why he has to say this element of I make you swear and he says yes, meaning that he swore falsely, is but if if he admitted from himself, after he already swore falsely, Misham Karim B'chamesh V'ashim, then he's going to be liable for the principal, a fifth, and a carbon ashram, because that's the claim of Toyin Tainus Ganav, where a person swore falsely, and then he admits that he's chayiv for Karim B'chamesh V'ashim. Now, says Ravo, V'hacha, in this case of the Braisa, Eidim Hudim Chayiv Alek Fela. When witnesses come, they make this guy chayiv for Kefal. Now, Haidim Atzma'in, what it sounds like then from the Braisa is, if he admits it on his own, that's when he's going to be chayiv for the chaymish. But let's say he didn't admit on his own. Let's say he admitted only after witnesses came. Then he would not be chayiv for the chaymish. But says Rava, But if you entertain that side of Rambam Muhammad's question, that it's that it's the oath that makes him liable for kefal, cannot make him liable for the chaymish, then then why if he admits to his lie, his false oath, 
that you're saying that he's going to be exempt from the chaymish because he's already chayv kefil from the witnesses. But mechti, it's not the oath that makes him chayv de kefil, and that's what we pointed out from the case of la'echad min ashok, because he's an actual ganav. The ganav is even without the shvu. If witnesses just come and say, hey, you stole this guy's thing, and he hadn't admitted on his own, he's already chayv and kefil. Nothing to do with the shvu. That's only when a guy is making a claim when then he admits it on his own. So, therefore, if the shavu is not being mechaiv and kefil, then the chayv chumsha, then he should be chayv and the chaymish, even though he's chayv kefil from the witness's testimony. Allah Shemamanah rather says, Rabbi, you can infer from this price that mamun ha-mechaiv kefil paitrasim and chaymish. It's because the money that's mechaiv and kefil, like in this case where the guy was saying, hey, you stole this money, he says, what, sure, I don't know what you're talking about. And then witnesses come and then he admits, even though he saw her falsely, and you're right, the shvu is not being mechaiv and kefil, but the money that you're really chayv kefil for, you, you can't be chayv on that chaymish. Tu Shemamanah, that resolves the question of Rambachama, it's the money that you can't be chayv both on, not the shvu. Now, continuing on this halacha, by Ravina. Ravina had the following question. Let's say, Chaymish v'kfeila betray gravri. What is the halacha? We just said that one person can't be chayev even the money, not even with the shvua, kefil and chaymish. But what's the halacha with two different people? My, as the Gemara explains, hey, what would the case be talking about? He gives over his ox to watch to two different people. The Both of them claim it was stolen. So they both want to exempt themselves from the shmira by saying it was stolen. Now, Chad Nishba Vahida, one guy swears to that effect, but then he admits. The Chad Nishba Uba'id, one guy swears that it was stolen from them, and then actually witnesses come and say, hey, you're lying, it wasn't stolen from you, you ate it. My, what's the halacha? As the Gemara explains, Mir Min, do we say, Bechad Gavra Kabadrach Mana, Deloy Misham Chumashavik Felis, by one person that the Torah says, for this one money, you can't be both Kefal and Chaymish. However, as the Bach puts in the gear of betray Gravri, but by two people, maybe they you'd say, this guy's paying kefal, because by him it was witnesses that verified it. And by him he'll pay chemish because it's by his own admission. Because it's, it, each one's only getting one penalty. Or maybe do you say, no, it was regarding on one mammon that the Torah is particular. One money cannot create liability of two punishments of kefal and chemish. And who here it's also one money, albeit with two different people with two different punishments, but one money cannot be mechaev, both a, a kefal to one guy and a chemish to another one. So it's going to take a letter stand. It's not clear what, it, what the ramifications of the one money would be. Is it one money regarding one person or even regarding two people that you can't be mechaev, kefal and chemish? Now, continuing on this theme, Blayra Papa, he has a different variation of the question. It says, What's Allah if? One person, but not kefal and chaymish, but rather either two chaymishes or two kefals. As the Gemara says, Heichelen, what's the case would, would be talking about? For example, Shetoin Tainis Avad V'Nishba Vahaydev. A guy says, where's my deposit? He says, it was lost to me, I'm exempt. And he swears to that effect, and then he admits. Then again, let's say in another court, he goes again and he claims that it was lost from him, and he swears to that effect, and then he admits. Or Inami, a similar type of a case, would be He claims it was stolen from him, swears to that effect, and then witnesses come. And then again, in another court, then again, he claims that it was stolen from him, swears to that effect, and again, witnesses come. My, what would the halacha be in that case? 
do we say? It's regarding two different types of monetary penalties that the Torah says. That you shouldn't have to pay on one money. Meaning, you can't have kefal, which is one type, and chaymish, which is another type, on one money. But here it's one type. They're both either kefal or they're both either chaymish. There maybe the Torah said that you could have more than one, as long as one type, more than one kefal or one, more than one chaymish. Maybe no. The Torah is telling you you can't have two monetary penalties on one mammon. And here it's also, even though it's both the same type, it's two different monetary penalties. You can't have that on one claim of a, of a, of a, of a principle of money. So the Moses Toshma come in here that we can resolve this from the Amar Rabbah. Rabbah said, the Pasuk in Be'yukra says, which talks about this halach of a guy who swore falsely regarding the deposit, then he admits, then he has to add on the fifth. Now, it says it in the plural, its fifths you should add on to the principle. Says, Rava, the Torah is including many fifths for one principle, which is that if he denies it, then he goes, and another time he denies it, and as Rashi points out, the same thing would be for the Allah of Kefal, where if he denied it, then witnesses come, and then they denied it, and witnesses come, that there would be more than one Chaymish, meaning, and there would be more than one Kefal if they're both the same part. So Shema Minah, we could infer from there that even though we said you can't have Kefal and Chaymish are one, but you could have a few Chaymishes, you could have a few Kefals, and therefore you would be Chayiv even more than one. Now, a related discussion for this, again, what we're talking about, about Tain Tain Niskan, of a guy who's was watching as a Shemachinam and he gets deposited and then he claims that it was stolen from him. Turns out that he was lying or not. So the Gemara brings the following halachas. Tavu bailam l'shemer. If the owners claim to the watchman to say, where's my stuff? And v'nishba, and the Shemer swears that it was stolen from him and therefore he's exempt. Then v'shila. Then he actually goes, what's called the f'nimishur zadin, beyond the letter of the law and he actually pays up the guy anyway. In other words, the halacha is that the shamer is could exempt himself by claiming that it was stolen if he wants to swear. If he doesn't want to, he has to pay up. Now, moreover, the halacha generally is that if he swears to the fact that he's exempt, now if let's say they actually find the ganav now, so then that kefal goes to the owner because the owner now has the principle because the shamer ex- exempted himself by swearing. Let's say he actually doesn't exempt himself; he actually pays up instead of swearing. Now he owns the principal because he paid up the owner. If they really find the ganem, now the cable goes to the shimer. Now This case is an interesting case where he swore, so therefore really he's exempt, but then they went beyond the letter of law and he paid it up anyway. And then the hooker, ganem, then they find the real ganem. It really was true. The guy was really stolen from him. So the question is, cable and me. In this case, who would the cable go to? On the one end, you could say that it goes to the shamer because he ended up paying up, so therefore he acquired it. On the other end, you could say it goes to the owner because since he exempted himself, so therefore he's really out of the picture. The fact that he paid up, okay, you were nice, but really the owner already acquired it back by the shamer exempting himself. So actually, it's a machlekes. He says it goes to the owner of the deposit, meaning the original owner. Rabbi says it goes to the one whose deposit is by, meaning by the shamer to the one who was watching it all, all along, who had paid it up to the owner. As the Gemara explains the reasoning for their opinions. He says it goes to the owner of the deposit, because since the, the watchman, the shamer, made the owner go through the effort to bring him to court and to make him be liable in an oath, 
So although he ended up, yes, paying, but so then the owner is not going to acquire from the kefal. In other words, usually, as we said, that if he doesn't want to exempt himself and he pays it up, so the owner says, okay, you know what, you're paying me for it. If we find the ganav, I'll let you get it because you're really paying me the principal. In this case, he doesn't want it because although he ended up paying, fine, I appreciate it, but you made me go through the whole thing about going to court and making you take a shavuah. So I'm not being you to the kefal, and therefore when we find the ganav, maybe we get the principal back, but the kefal goes to me. Now, Rava Amr, he says, Lamisha Bekodnetzli. He says, no, it goes to the Shemer. Why? Kivan the Shilam, since ultimately he did pay for it, so Maknile, so the, the, the Bailam will be Maknit to the Shemer, the Kfela, the Kefal at the time that he pays it up, because ultimately he paid it. You paid it, okay, you didn't have to, so I'm going to be Maknit to the Kefal, and therefore when they find the Gandhav, he says it goes to the Shemer. Now, says the Gemara, because says, their Machlikis is contingent on their inferences and in how to learn the Mishnah, Mishnah the Mishnah says, the Mishnah says, this halacha. It says, Some deposits by his friend, an animal or utensils, and they got stolen or got lost, and he's a Shemichinim, and really he's exempt of Geneva Veda. So says the Mishnah, if he pays, and he doesn't want to swear, now what does that mean? Because Shari Amr, because they really said, Shemichinim Nishba Beyaitse. A Shemachin, a guy who's watching for free, could swear and he could leave. In other words, he could have exempted himself with a shvua. Now, but let's say he doesn't want to exempt himself with a shvua and he pays. So, therefore, says the Mishnah, Nimtzagana, when they find the thief, so first of all, Misham Tashlomikefu, he has to pay double, like any thief that's caught red handed. And if Tavachamacha, if he slaughtered or sold it, Misham Tashlomikefu, he has to actually pay then even four or five times the amount, depending if it's an ox or a sheep. Now, says the Mishnah, Misham, who does he pay it to? That's like to the one who deposited his buy, which is the shamer who paid for it. That's that basic Allah. Says the Sefer, the Mishnah. Let's say, Let's say he swears and he doesn't want to pay. I'm, it was stolen from me. I'm, I'm not liable for that. I was watching it for free. I did you a favor. And he swears to that effect and he's exempt. So, and then, then they find the thief. So says the Mishnah again. So the Ghanim, because he was caught red-handed, has to pay double. Moreover, if he slaughtered or he sold, he has to pay four or five times the amount. Now, in this case, who does he pay it to? It's the Balabakad. It's the only deposit because, again, the Shemer exempted himself. And therefore, the Kefal was never nicknamed from the Baal to the Shemer, and therefore he gets the Kefal. Explains the Gemara. Abayik Daik Miresha. Abayik infers his opinion from the Resha, from the first part of the Mishnah. And Rabbi Daik Misefi infers from the second part of the Mishnah, as the Gemara explains. Abai Daik Mereshi infers from the Resha, because the Ketani we learned, Shilim Shava. If he pays and he doesn't want to swear, then we said the Kefal goes to the Shemer. Says Abaya, read the words. Shava. The reason is because he didn't want to swear. So as we continue in Talmud Beis, says the Gemara, But if he did swear, and then then even if he does pay, but since he made the owner go through the effort, of coming to court to make him take a shvua, then Lamima Shalim, so then in that case, who would the Ghana pay the Kefal to? Then it would go, Labalabakad, and then it would go to the owner of the deposit, like Abai explained this reasoning before. The only reason why the Mishnah says it goes to the Shimer is because he didn't want to swear. But if he did swear, then it's not going to go to him. Because again, the owner's not going to be Makna because he made him go through that effort. Now, Rav Adaik, me safer. Rav infers his opinion from the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Nishba Valeyrotzalashal. If he swears and he doesn't want to pay, so then he exempts himself, so then the kefal goes to the owner. In Firz Rava, time of delay Ratzalashal. The reason is because he doesn't want to pay. Hashilim, but if he does pay, then it sounds like Afa Pishanish, but then even though he did swear, Lemimisham, who would you pay it to? 
In that case, it would not go to the owner. It would go to Misha Bakodnes. It would go to the Shemer. So the Gemara asks, okay, Labai Kasha Sefer. So each one infers from the other part of the Mishnah. So what does Abai do with the Sefer? Which sounds like Rava. So Abai would tell you, this is what the Mishnah is saying. When it says, Nishba Lashalm, if he swears and he doesn't want to pay, which again, Rava was being Madaik, sounds like, oh, but if he did pay, then it would not go to the owner. It would go to the Shemer. It says, Abai, no. If he swore and he didn't want to pay before he took the oath, rather he only ended up paying after he took the oath. That's what the mission is actually coming to say. Who do you pay that to? According to the owner of the deposit. Meaning, it not, it's not like a Rav had said it that he doesn't want to pay at all, but if he does pay, then he's exempt. No, he didn't want to pay before the Shvua. So even though now he's paying after the Shvua, He's still not going to get it. It's going to go to the Baal Bakad. So to the Gemara asks, L'Rava Kasha Resha. According to the Rava, the Resha is difficult because the inference theory sounds like Abaya. So that Amal Chal Rava would tell you, and he's going to answer similarly to how Abaya amended how you read the Sefer. He's going to say it the way he understands it. Hachiktani. So what the Resha was saying was, Shilem v'leirotzalamid b'shvuasa. When it says in the Resha that he, if he pays and he doesn't want to swear, it's not like the way Abaya says, oh, but if he did swear that then it's not going to go to the Shemer. No, it's if that if he, if he pays and he doesn't want to stand in his Shavuah, meaning to say that even though he did swear, but but he doesn't want to stay with his Shavuah. He goes beyond it, let it alone, even though he's exempt, and he pays. And that's what the Mishnah is saying, who do you pay that keful to? Even that goes to the Shemer. So each one explains the Mishnah according to his inference, and even the other part, which is not, he reads it according to his opinion. Now, continuing on this theme of, as we mentioned, in a, we're going in a different direction, but the same idea of tavu bailam l'shaymer. As we mentioned, the previous halacha was, if let's say the owners come to claim from the shaymer regarding his deposit, and v'nishba, and the, the shaymer swears to the fact that it was stolen from me, and therefore I'm not chayab. Now, v'hukra ganav, and again, as in the previous case, so then they discovered who the ganav was, but now we're going to go in a different halacha. The halacha here is talking about, and let's say, Tavu Shemer Vahayda. So they found out who the thief was. Now the Shemer goes and claims him and says, You thief, you stole it from me, which I'm watching for this guy. And the guy admits, says, You're right, I stole it. Then Tavu Bailam Akafar. Then the owner comes and claims it from this guy, says, Hey, you stole from my watchman, you stole my ox. And he denies it, this guy who is a thief. And then Viviu Aidim, then the owners come and bring witnesses to testify that the guy did steal it. So the question is as follows. Me nifter haganav. Is the thief exempt from kefal like any other guy who's made the beknas, which kefal is a knas, and halach is if you made the beknas, if you admit it first before witnesses come, you're exempt. Would he be exempt with the admission that he made to the shamer? Because as we said, the case is told about where first the shamer came to claim it, and he admitted to him. If he admitted before witnesses, so that's his own made the beknas, he's potter, or do we say that, no, he does not exempt himself by the fact that he admitted to the watchman, because since the shamer in this case, already swore to the original owner that it was stolen from him, therefore he's exempt, therefore he's removed from the picture. 
Therefore, he doesn't have any more the obligation to watch it. Hence, when this Ganev admits to him, who are you admitting to? He's a third unrelated party. He's not in this picture at all. He's already out of the picture because he exempted himself. And therefore, since by the owners, when they came to claim him, he denied it and they had witnesses, so then he would be Chayef Kefal because his Maid Bekinas that he made to the Shemer is unrelated. What's the Allah? So Amarav, he says it depends. In Be'emes Nishba, if the, the Shemer swore truthfully, meaning when he claimed that it was stolen from him beyond his control, and it turns out that that was actually the case, then nifter ha-ganav And then actually in such a case, when the ganav admits to the shamer, then that would be considered a maid and it would be patr, even though later when the owners came and claimed that he denied, and they brought witnesses, because since the shamer is trustworthy, he's, he, it turns out that he was telling the truth to the guy who had deposited by him. So we could assume that if, when they find the animal, the original owner would prefer that this watchman watch it for him again to keep this thing. Because he's a trustworthy guy, it's true. What can he do? It was stolen from him beyond his control. But I would do it again with this guy. So therefore, since he's trustworthy, it's, in, it's incumbent on the shamer to go after it and find out who really stole it. Because the owner still has faith in him and he's still on some level working for him. So the claim that he makes to the guy, to the guy and say, hey, you stole it, is a real claim. Therefore, the admission that the guy makes to him is a real admission. So that is a Maidibakanas, and there is going to be Potter. Now, but says Ravi, in Bishekar Nishba, if let's say it turns out that he lied when he said the oath to the original owner, the Shimer. In other words, let's say he claimed that it, was, it died or the, it, it, it got broken or got taken in captivity or if it was stolen against his control. Now it turns out it's not true. Meaning, even if it was stolen, but it's not it's not the way he said it. Now, since it turns out that this guy was a liar, so we could assume that the owner would not want him to be anymore a shamer for me. You're out. You're not doing this capacity of a shamer for me anymore. Therefore, when he makes a claim to this guy, who are you? I don't want to see you again. Yes, you exempt yourself. Maybe it was a Geneva. I don't care, but you lied to me regarding the facts. You don't work for me anymore. So when you're going and claiming it from this guy, who are you to have made a claim for this guy to have a haidah for you? And therefore, says Rabbi, in such a case, then the Ganev would not be exempt by having admitted to the Shemer since he denied the claim of the owners. And then when this came, he actually would be Chayav Kefal. Now, but by Rava, what Rava does have a question about is, let's say, let's say the Shemer didn't swear falsely, but he was getting ready to swear falsely. And then then the owner said, no, no, I don't want you to swear. I don't need guys to be making Shavu Zashek on my account. It doesn't end up letting him. Mahu, why would Allah be in such a case? In other words, do we say from the fact that he ultimately did not swear falsely, so he's still trustworthy to the owners? Or maybe since he was getting ready to swear falsely, so they don't trust him anymore. And that says the Gemara, take or let it stand. It's not clear what such Allah would be. Now, says the Gemara, Rav Kahana, Masni Hacha, Rav Kahana had said the previous version of what Rabbah had said and his question. But Rav Tevyumi Masni, he learns it a different way. That actually, by Rabbah, Rabbah's question was, Meaning, regarding the first version, that was obvious that he held that that would not be considered Haida. The only question was if he's Ahmad Lishava Beshaka. But actually, Rav Tavyumi learns that though, actually, Rav's question was even if he swears falsely, what's the halacha? Because as Rashi explains, the question, according to this version, is do we say that no, it's still incumbent upon the Shaymer to go ahead and find out who stole it, and therefore his claims are claims to make the Haida a real Haida? Because since he swore falsely, 
ultimately he's going to regret what he did. As we know, people have regrets about the lies, and he's going to end up paying it up to the owner. And therefore, the claim that he has to the Ganev is a true claim, because he definitely wants to find out who it was, because he's going to end up admitting it to the owner and paying up. Or do we say that no, because since ultimately he swore falsely, the owner's like, get out of here. You're persona non grata, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore, and your claims are not claims, and therefore it wouldn't be like, duh, says the Gemara, take or let it stand. It wouldn't be clear in the second version of Rabbi's question, if he's Nishbal Shekhar, if his claim would be a claim to make his, the, the Ganev's Haidah, Haidah, to be Maidah B'Kanas, to be Pater from the Kefal. So that was regarding if we said that the, when the, the owner had made the claim to the shaman, he exempted himself of making a Shavu, and then they found the Ganev. Now the Gemara says the other way around. Tavu Abayim if the owner has made the claim to the shaman, says, hey, where's my deposit? And he says, I want you to know, really it was stolen from me, really I'm exempt. But Vishilam, he paid up anyway. He, he didn't want to make the Shavuah. Then then they found the thief. So, as we said, then the primary kefal is supposed to go to the Ganav. He already acquired it. Now, but to, the way the case unfolded was the other way, the inverse of the first case. Tavu So now the owners went, and they went to claim and said, Hey, you stole it from this Shamer, who Nebuch, he went and he actually paid me for it. And he, said, and he admits, he says, Yes, I stole it from your Shamer. Now then Tavu Shamer Vakafr, then the Shamer himself finds the Ganav. He says, Hey, you stole it from me. And he denies it. The heavy agent and the Shemir brings witnesses. So the question here is, Nifter Ganabai does Bailam? Oiloi. Is the thief exempt from his admission that he made the Maid Biknas by the owners who claimed him first? Or do we say not? Oiloi. As Igmar explains the question. Mir meaning do we say, Matsi Amali Shemila Bailam, that the Shemir could tell to the owners, wait a second. After you guys, Kivan the Shaklisu Luchud since you already took the money, I already paid you for the principal. So you're removed from here. You have nothing to do with this anymore. What are you guys going claiming him that his hoidah will be hoidah to be moidah b'kanas to be potter? And therefore he's going to be chayav and kefal. Or maybe no, Matzi Amrile, the owners, could tell the shamer, look, just like you did for us, a favor. In other words, you went beyond the letter of the law and you paid us for it even though you really could have exempted yourself with a shavuah. So we also, it's incumbent upon us to do you a favor and to go ahead and also do our due diligence to find the thief who stole our animal that you paid us for. And therefore, that we should take ours, which you paid us for, and that you should take yours, which you went and paid us for. And therefore, the claims that the owners have a claim of the thief is a valid claim because there is legitimacy for them having to find the Ganev. And therefore, the Ganev's Haidah to them would be a valid Haidah, and therefore it would be Maidabakanas, and he would be Potter, and not be Chayvan the Kaifel to the Shimer. So the Gemara take would let it stand. It's not clear what role the Bailam still have if their claim would be a claim to exempt the Ganev who was Maidab to them, even though he was Kaifer, and then Adam came on the claim of the Shimer. Related discussion. Itmar, we learned, Nigneva Ba'inus. If, again, talking about a shamer who was watching the deposit and was stolen from him beyond his control, meaning, generally stolen is a lower level of negligence, but there's, there's something called listimizuin, which are armed bandits, which even the shamer Sa'acha, who's usually Chayvan Ganeva Veda, he who's getting paid to watch is exempt from such a case. It wasn't just stolen, it was stolen forcibly. Now, then, then they discovered the thief. Now, moreover, it's told that the shamer has it within his wherewithal to force that thief to, to give it back, and he could get it back from him. 
So Amabai Abai says as follows. says, If this guy, who not only was it stolen from him, it was stolen forcibly, guys came with guns and they took it away from him, if he was watching it for free. So Ratza, if he wants to, what he could do is, is he could pay up the owner, the principal which was lost, which was taken, taken from him. And then he himself goes and collects from the Ghanim. He could litigate against the guy and get the money back from him. If, or if he wants, Ratza Nishba, if he wants, he could just swear and exempt himself from the owners, because he's exempt for sure, by list of Mizuin, even by regular Gnev is exempt. And then the owners will have to collect from the Ghanav. But Imisha Mesachahu, but if, he's, if he was not just watching, he was getting paid to watch it. So yes, although the, the fact that it's list of Mizuin was armed bandits, even the Shemesachahu is exempt, but since here he recognizes who the thief is, and he's not going to lose anything by going after and exerting himself to find that Ghanav and get this stuff back, Therefore, the halach is that he should pay the principal to the owners, and he should litigate with that guy, and then collect from the gun of what he paid up to the owner. He shouldn't exempt himself by making a note, because the responsibility of Hashem HaSachar extends further, even though he could exempt himself, but since he knows, he has to exert himself to get the money back from the gun of himself. That's what Abayi says. Now, Rav Am, he disagrees. He says, no, both the Shem and the Shem HaSachar, has to litigate and not swear. Rather, he should pay up the owner and get from the of himself. And the reason being is because it's a mitzvah to ha- help out someone from his lost object. And since you are a shimer, even though you could exempt yourself, even the shemachinam, you have the obligation of getting it back from the of yourself. So says the Gemara, Lema Poliga, let's say that Rava disagrees Adrav Hunabar Ovid. In other words, besides arguing Abaya, there is also argues Rav Hunabar Ovid. Because the Shalach Rav Hunabar Ovid, he sent the following halach. He says, Nignava Ba'inis. Seemingly the same case, if it was stolen forcibly from the Shemr. Now they recognize who the thief is. So, if he's watching for free, says Rav Hunabar if he wants, he could litigate with the guy and get it back. Or if he wants, he could exempt himself from the owner. If he's getting paid for it, then then he has to get it back from the guy himself, and he can't swear to exempt himself. So, that's seemingly clearly like just like what Abayah said, not like Rava. So on that Amal Chirav, he says, no, what are we talking about here in Rav Huna about Avans Halacha? Is Kagun Shekad them the Nishba? It's where before they recognized the thief, he had already sworn to the fact that it was stolen from him. Now, in such a case, Hashem Echinam, he's already out of the picture already. It's only where Rav was said that if he didn't swear yet, then we say, okay, then he still has the responsibilities, he didn't exempt himself yet, then he has to go ahead and get it back and not exempt himself. But if he already made the shvua, then okay, then the Shem Esacha, I agree that he should have to get it from the guy because he has greater responsibilities. But a Shem Echim, and he already swore, he's already out of the picture, then he doesn't, then that's where Rav Hunibar Oben Hazlocha was, where Rav would agree that he doesn't have to do a din with the Ganav. He could just exempt himself. Now, that interpretation, the Gemara asks, but... The words Rav Hunibar Oven says, if he wants, he could, he could contest the, with the Ganav. Or if he wants, he could swear. So you see, it's talking about before the Shavuah. How can you say this talking about where he already made the Shavuah? And the thing says, no, that's not difficult. And this is related, as we said, on the top of the Amit, where what it means to say is not that if he wants, he can make an oath because actually the oath was already made, as we explained. Rather, If the Shemechinim wants to, he could maintain his Shavuah, which already exempted him, and he's already out of the picture, even though he recognized the guy and he could get it back from him himself. Or, if he wants to, he could go ahead and do the Din, but it doesn't mean that if he wants, he could make his Shavuah, because the Shavuah was already made. It just means it could be Oymed the Shavuah. He can maintain his exemption from the Shavuah. That was a Bayan Rabbah. Now, the Gemara tells us that, however, Rabbah Zuti Bayi 
Rabbi Zuti had asked it in the following way, which obviously shows that he's different than both Abaye and Rava. Because he posed the following question. He says, If let's say the same case, if it was stolen from the Shemer forcibly, then now the Ganav then went and returned the stolen object into the house of the Shemer. And then it ends up dying with the negligence of the Shemer. The Shemer, once it was stolen from him, now he's, it was given back to him. He's like, it was stolen from ready for me, and he's negligent in the dies. Ma, what's Allah asked Rabbi Zuti? He explains. Me, I mean, do we say, since it was stolen forcibly from him, so once it's stolen from him forcibly, his shmira has ended, it's concluded. Now, this is the point which is obviously not like Abayin Rava, because both of them are entertaining on some level that even when it's stolen from the person, there's still some level of responsibility that he has. Some saying more than others, but that there is still uh, an obligation of doing a din, especially like we said regarding a Shemr Sachar. So this is clearly that Rabbi Zuti is not like them. So therefore what he's asking is that do we say that, okay, once it was stolen forcibly, so his Shemir is done, and therefore even though now it was put back and it died with his negligence, but it wasn't my responsibility. I, I have nothing to do with this anymore. Or he says, or maybe keeping the Hadra, Hadra Lishmirasi. Since it was brought back, it goes right back to the Shmir that it originally had. It was taken away, but it's put back, and then he would be liable for the Bashir. So the Gemara take or let it stand that it's not clear what the halacha would be according to this, uh, the, the opinion of Rabbi Zuti and how he understands when it's taken by, stolen by Aynas, that it's Kali Shmirasi. What's the halachic ramifications of when it's put back? Do we say that? It goes right back, or do we say, no, it's a new thing, and that type of Shemira, he never re-accepted upon himself that responsibility. Now the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, which we'll do just the first part, because we already explained this, and the coming Daf is going to be explained the second half of this Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Heichen Bigdaini, which again, this continues the theme of the previous Mishnah, is about if a guy has a Shemira for a deposit, and then he makes a claim to exempt himself. So the owner says to the Shemira, Heichen Bigdaini, where's my deposit? Somali Abadi says it was lost. And because it's Shemachinim, Shemachinim is exempt from if it gets lost. So he says, I want you to swear to me that's what happened. And he says, Yes. Then, then witnesses testify and say, <laughs> Your lawyer wasn't lost from you. You actually ate it yourself. So Allah is Misham Karen. He pays for the principal. Now, the reason is, is because the liability of Kefal from witnesses is only with Tony Tainas Ganav. And more of the liability of a Chaymish and Ashim is only if he admits on his own, as we bring in the parish of Gez Lager that says Vizvada. Now, Haydimi let's say he admits on his own, then Misham Karim Chaymish Vashim, then he would be liable for the principal, the fifth penalty, and for the carbon Ashim. Let's say he says, Hechem Bigdani, where's my deposit? And Amalei Nignev, he says it was stolen from me. And then he says, Mashbe'achani, and he says, I want you to swear, and he says, yes, then witnesses testify that it was stolen from, that, that actually that this guy himself stole it. Says the, says the Mishnah Misham Tashlumi Kevla, then he has to pay the double penalty, which is the Allah of Tain Tan's Ganav. Let's say Haidim Atzmi, let's say admit on his own. Then Misham Kerem Machem Mishrashim, that's the same Allah, where if you swear falsely and then you admit, then you pay for the principal and the fifth penalty and a carbon Ashim.